homemade wine. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd like to have a go at it. All right, I often was in a few places that they made it, like you know abroad and that. I'd like to have a go at it. All right, but I just don't have the time. Our friends here, like I, I wouldn't, uh, I don't think I'd bother, you know, because they take a point of Guinness and I don't bother even with spirits, you know. So, as regards wine, even though as a functions and I attend a lot of functions, but I never bother about wine. It, it just doesn't appeal to me, you know. Right or wrong, I don't know, but it definitely doesn't appeal to me. I prefer the fair point of Guinness. I don't like wine. I like port. I like port, always. I used to drink a lot of port years ago when it was a bit heavier than it is now. It's not worth even buying now, I don't mind to drink. Well, uh, I, I'm a pint drinker, you know what I mean? But uh, wine, wine is a, uh, a well-known drink, you know, that's for, uh, for a table, for functions and that, you know what I mean? But I, I never went in for wine, you know. I'd just make a pint. That's the wine in my country. Yeah, it's Irish. There's nothing more Irish than Guinness. Yeah. Did you ever attempt to make homemade wine? Uh, I didn't, know. You, did no. you ever taste it? I did. What do you think? Well, my brother of mine makes it. And he's making it this years. And I think if you have the right equipment, it, it can be very nice. The only reason why I never done it was because... Uh, to buy the equipment and all like that, you have to go to a particular shop. How you doing? Morning. Can I help you? Well, I'd like to get a, a basic kit for making homemade wine. Uh, you sell them here? We do, yeah. You've never made wine before, have you? Uh-huh. No. No. Right. If you come over here, we'll show you what we've got. Your basic kit for making wine is a gallon jar um, with an airlock on the top to keep it pure and a half a litre of concentrate. The instructions are on the concentrate and if you follow them you'll end up with a gallon of reasonably good wine. Now as well as the, uh, the jar, the airlock and the concentrate you'll need a few other items like uh, <coughs> the yeast to get it going um, a psychrometer to measure the thing, Campton tablets to sterilise all your equipment, and uh, and the book, which will tell you how to do it properly. Well, that sounds as if it's going to cost a few, Bob. Uh, how much will that cost? You're talking about £13 for the first gallon, uh, which will give you six bottles of wine. Is it is it difficult to make? Now, if you're following this book, for example, here, is it, is it difficult to make? No, that book is written so that... Uh, <clears throat> anyone who can read, and even if you can't read, you can still follow the instructions, and it's a very simple process. Um, and if you follow the instructions, you'll end up with a very good uh, good wine at the end. Um, if you have any problems, best thing to do is to go along to somebody who's already made wine. Have a word with them. They've made mistakes at the beginning, and they've ironed out their mistakes, and they'll pass on their experience to you. Well, how do you actually go about making it? Is it difficult? No, it's deadly simple. The the actual, I, th I think, really, um, possibly one should start anyway by simply taking 
uh, doing it in a gallon. We did it f to start off with, a gallon at a time. But then again, we found our consumption was rather, rather too quick with a rather large family. So we then chucked caution to the winds and we decided, well, five gallons at a time was much more sensible. So we had to make an investment in the five-gallon containers and in the airlocks and a piece of plastic tubing um, for siphoning. And after that, it's, you know, it's a question of buying the concentrate, whichever concentrate you know, somebody recommends to you. And you do get tips, like we got a very good tip from someone who we were buying um, a Spanish red wine, and they said to us, well, follow and make it sweeter. And I said, oh, but we hate sweet wine. And they said, no, 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 regardless of what you hate, um, make it up and then follow the instructions. And if you don't want it really sweet, um, after the six weeks fermentation, add only half or even a quarter of the sugar, they say, for a sweet wine. But the secondary fermentation, in fact, um, improves it enormously. So somewhat reluctantly, we did this and have actually now, we now can guarantee to produce a very good, um, very drinkable sort of red table wine. I know lots of people who say it's much easier to make white than red, but we haven't found that so, and I, I don't really know why. And we had a disaster, at least our next-door neighbour had a disaster. She backed over five gallons of elderflower wine, backed her car over it and spilt it. And so the outside of our our garden smelt like, a, you know, well, smelt of alcohol because it was well and truly fermenting for days and days and days, and people attributed it to us, not her. A lot of um, happy worms, I should think. Yeah, well, she was extremely sad about it because it, elderflower wine makes the most beautiful sparkling. It's a sparkling white and it is absolutely beautiful. Do you often go out on safari, as it were, hunting for... Yes, we do. We go out getting blackberries, elderberries, elderflowers. But we haven't gone into sort of cowslip wine or any of these incredible things. We know people who make celery wine and gooseberry wine and rhubarb wine... Um, we've tended to be very um, conservative in our in our attitude to wine. I think actually maybe now we'll branch out a little more. in the Street have found that as a generalisation the women tend to go for wine making the men for the beer making you can't take that literally of course but it seems to be the husband likes the beer and the wife likes the wine and if you look there now across the shop you'll see that's the case the men are at the beer and the women at the wine and you've been uh, selling these wine making kits and so on for how long now? I would say about five years. didn't actually write down the date we started, but it, it didn't, of course, start with this large area you see here. It just started with a small section and then grew and grew and grew, and indeed it's still growing, as you can see, by more and more stuff overflowing out of the section. Well, to look along the shelves, what have you got there now? Well, to start here is anybody who wants to make their own beer, not from a kit now. They buy all the ingredients loose and they make it to their own particular recipe or recipe from one of the books here. There's a wide range. And uh, for the winemaker? The winemaker, well, 
there's mostly kits because for the country winemaker obviously they can go out and pick their own fruit. We do have some dried fruit packs but certainly the country winemaker gets much more pleasure in going out at the weekend and picking what they want. This time of year there's a lot of different things they can pick. Elderberries, that's probably the most popular one at the moment. Indeed it makes some of the best country wines. What are all these contraptions here, these wooden leads? Uh... Well, winemaking really is probably a little bit more complicated than the actual beer making, which is very straightforward. Most of these sort of odd things you see are for winemaking. That particular one is for putting corks into bottles. You have to soak the cork first. The cork shoots down a funnel, which gets narrower and narrower. And then by the time it gets to the bottom, it's narrower than the actual neck of the bottle it's going into. Hence, it stays tight, it's tight sealed, and the wine can be stored on its side. Is that not a little bit exotic? Is it not uh, easy just simply to stick the cork into the bottle yourself? Yes, but the cork, uh, you just can't do it. The corks are very tight and have to give a very tight fit because wine with a cork is stored on its side. There are, mind you, plastic caps as well, which you can use, in which case you don't, you store the wine upright. Well, to look along your shelves again, uh, what other sort of devices have you over here? Probably the most interesting one at the moment is the uh, collapsible bag putting wine into. Oh, let's have a look at that, Which is it? just here. This is, of course, copied from the commercial winemakers, where you can now buy your wine in a bag in the supermarket. The advantage of this is you can take one glass at a time. You don't have to take the whole bottle. You know, when you open wine, it'll only keep a short time. This way, the bag collapses, so as you take a bit of wine out, the bag collapses and replaces the space. So that means the air doesn't get at it? That's right, yes. What would happen if the air got at it? Well, eventually it would just go off. You've siphons and filters and so on. What, what exactly is this filter here for? It's a very elaborate looking thing. You need a filter, especially on the country wines, because there's an awful lot of um, bits of the actual fruit gets into the wine. Now, you can let it drop to the bottom and take off the clear wine from the top, but you can only go so far in that. And this filter here gives the wine a lovely, clear finish, especially if you're entertaining. You know, it doesn't look nice to have cloudy bits floating around in the wine. Well, it's lunchtime Friday now, and you've got a fair number of different types of customers in. Well, Saturday's the day you really want to come in to see the customers. And uh, the funny thing about this area of the shop is, you know, we're used to selling books, and the customer will come in and he'll look at the books. Reasons for books, really. That's right, but he'll, he'll browse away to himself and he'll keep to himself or herself. He won't speak to the person beside him. But here in this area, you'll find a customer turning around and talking to the one beside him. And after that, they can be there for half an hour talking about their successes or failures or their experience. So it's a much more uh, matey area, which shows really the hobby element of it all. It's almost like going to a small wine shop. That's right, yes. There are quite a few small wine shops, but not so much in the city centre, of course. The chemists also were doing a lot of homebrew equipment. I'm not too sure if they're doing it so much now. Even the supermarkets do some. But they would probably tend to go for the uh, quick turnover lines rather than the wide range you see in the small shops, or indeed here.
Well, Paddy Mar, I noticed you'd wine bottles in your window, so I just had to come in and see what you were up to. <laughs> what sort of wine is that? That one there is a special reserve, it's called. It's made out of, uh, it's made out of concentrate, actually. It's the London the Sunday Times did a review of wine some time ago, which I read, and they claimed that of all the concentrates you could make, that this was the most suitable, or the, the, the best quality one. So I tried it to see what it's like. Well, now I've only made it a couple of months, so it's not ready for drinking yet. But when it is ready, I hope the judgment will be proved correct. That thing there that doesn't look like wine, what, what's that? It's all that's, clouded. That's the ginger beer. There's the gas flying in that one. Oh, that's lovely. That's that's ginger beer. That's ginger beer. That's like it's like champagne. Whoops. <laughs> So how long is that in the bottle now? That's in the bottle about three weeks, and it's really got a bit too high. Uh, as you can see, it's, it's it's squirting like champagne, but normally you'd leave it in the bottle for maybe three to four days, and uh, you can drink it after that. And it ferments out then, is it? Yeah. It It's made in the same way as you make wine? Well, it's uh, not possibly as, uh, as detailed as wine. What I do is I just get about two pounds of ordinary sugar, dissolve it in about a pint of warm water. I put that into one of these jars. On top of that you put in ginger, about half a packet of ginger, about an ounce of ginger, say that's ground ginger. Into that I add a bit of citric acid, a bit of uh, uh, lemon juice and fill it up then with water, temperature about 60 degrees or so. It's put not on, too complicated put on a formula. Your, put on your trap let it sit for about four days fermenting. It'll ferment after the first 24 hours. Let it sit about four days, then bottle it and uh, drink it after about three days. How long have you been making it? About 35 years. My God. Now that a ginger beard gone down the throat in that time. <laughs> That's my cellar, and that's a potato wine. As you can see, it's a bit strong in colour at the moment, but that'll fade out as it develops. Uh, that's about a week made now. Still fermenting, as you can see. And uh, I'll give it another three weeks and that. Then settle it down, rack it off to get rid of the sediment, into clean jars, seal it up, leave it three months, bottle it, Give it six months, drink it. And what does it taste like? It tastes like a hock. Very like a hock. It's, uh, there's no taste of potatoes off it. I mean, if you sell people the potato wine, they just laugh at you and say, well, no potatoes in that. Uh, but it tastes like a hock. So how much would it cost then for, for a gallon of wine like that? For a gallon of wine like that, let me see now, potatoes, uh, I suppose three pounds of potatoes cost what nowadays? Three pounds of potatoes would cost you maybe 50 pence. Uh, the yeast will cost you about 20 pence. Two pounds of sugar will cost you about 55 pence. Uh, juice of a lemon, two, juice of two lemons, say, would cost you, uh, ah, let's say, 20 pence. That's, uh, well, I don't know what it is, but it's less than 120 anyway. And that's five bottles of wine. That's wine bottles now, not pint bottles, but wine bottles. Five bottles, five wine bottles for 120. Uh, I should be able to tell that off the top of my head, but it's a 
25 pence practically for a bottle of wine. You need a cork for the bottle of course, which you can usually collect them. If you know somebody who is in selling a few bottles of wine, they'll hold the corks for you and you can reuse the corks as long as you can get them in. Getting them in is, is a bit of a problem, but even if you have to buy wine corks anyway, they're only four pence, five pence each. If you want to buy a label for the bottle, that's another couple of pence. So you're talking about wine, a bottle of wine on your table, say, next June, July for 30 pence. Some of our classes, especially in Navin, they usually make about 15 gallons between now and Christmas. Good. Yeah. Good. And, uh, Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yes, that's Good. right. And also they have slow gin and all the liqueurs. Uh, have any of you made wines previously, have you? No, no. no, you never made wine, huh? None of you. Yes. Oh, you have the concentrates. Mixture of everything. Mixture of everything, yeah. And perfected it, have you? Oh, well, we're in perfection, I'm afraid. Huh? <laughs> some are good and some aren't. Would all students who have not yet paid their fees please do so at reception before going to class? Thank you. Now, ladies, the most prince and gents, the most principal thing. Uh, you have in winemaking. The most is sterilization of all the airlocks, demijohns, bongs, everything. Now if you, t if you are careless and do not sterilize all these things, buckets and spoons, etc., uh, your wine will be turned into vinegar. The vinegar fly will get at it and your alcohol will be turned into water. So that is the most essential. Now, you can use four of the Camden tablets, which I have here. Well, we here in the Community College in Dunshockland offer a wide range of courses in many different fields, including the ballroom dancing that you can hear there in the background, and the one you're interested in, particularly winemaking. Uh, many people have dabbled in wine on their own at home and been successful and not successful but a lot of them find that by coming along to a class where you have an expert it makes for much better wine. Well where do the people come from? Well in this area now um, we have people coming for a winemaking class maybe 20 miles. They'd have heard about it through the local newspapers or word of mouth in a lot of cases and they'd think it worthwhile to, go up, to come up here for a night a week and uh, ensure a good supply of good wine, maybe for Christmas. Uh. How much does it cost them then? Uh, the full course costs them £18, pounds, and uh, after that then they'd have to buy their own materials, which um, would vary in cost, but you could set yourself up, I'm sure, for £20 pounds and you have very cheap wine after that. It must be one of the happiest classes in the school here, then. Well, it is indeed. Um, once people hear that the teacher brings in some free samples on the first night, I think it's assured success after that. And then there is another wine we make, a, a mixed fruit wine, say gooseberries, grapes, plums, blackberry, a few elderberries, all mixed up like that. And that's another, another very, very nice wine. We use about four pounds of that. Do you pick the slows now? No, you have to Not wait yet. till after the frost. After the frost, after the frost yeah. And, and be on the lookout, because I've been looking around and I think they are scarce. There's a lot down where we are, but how do you know when they're ready? Oh, uh, about November, you'll about get November. them, about November, yeah. And uh, you get a Kilner jar, you know the 
fruit preserving jar mm -hmm. with the, there is there are some in Dublin with the French ones with the clasp on it, the wire. Oh yeah. Get them the yeah. Yeah, you get about ten ten ounces of the slows. And uh, I like to take some of the stones out of the sloes, but I have discovered that it gives too much of an almond flavour if you leave in too many of the sloes. And uh, I take 10 ounces and prick them with a fork and I put them into the, into the uh, jar. And I add six ounces of sugar. Now, some books will tell you to add light brown sugar to it mm -hmm. and a full 26 fluid ounce bottle of uh, gin. <laughs> yeah, and hey presto. It's beautiful. I'll tell you a secret. A secret. I had a bottle of pot sheen and I had it for about two or three years and I never used it. And uh, I was fed up with my classes buying gin and all this because I don't drink gin. And uh, I decided that I would do it with the pot sheen. And I did it with the pot sheen and I forgot all about it. And I had it and took it out in about six or eight months after. There was no taste of pot sheen off it at all. It was perfect. Lovely. It was lovely. The pot sheen, that taste, oh, it wasn't yeah. on it. And it was really beautiful. I did bring some of it to one of my classes, <laughs> you know? And then, of course, we have the peach wine. Any of you, any of you that are friends going to France, there's a bottle that you can get over there, Eau de Vie. E-A-U. Kevin Michael here. Basically, just to taste sherry and to drink it. <laughs> you haven't made much of it at all. I have, yeah. I, I uh, made a batch there there a while ago, and uh, turned out quite well actually. And uh, so I'm back now to try and make some elderberry wine and dandelion wine. Is it definite now after tasting that one just there? You like today? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. What do you think of the idea of going to classes? Do you think you can learn in classes? Um, yeah, I suppose you can. Yeah, I, I suppose it's easier. It's easier to uh, make make wines and that sort of thing here than make them at home because you, you just don't find time at home to do it. And it's handy to swap a few recipes oh, around. This is it, yeah. Right, I'm going to ask you now. You've been lurrying into the uh, what is that? <laughs> well, <laughs> this is now the uh, the sherry. Ah, the what do you think of it then? I think it's very good indeed, actually. Excellent. What do you think of the idea of coming to class to learn how to make wine? Well, I, I, I think it's high time we created Irish wine. Long, long before time, in fact. Um, the price of wine nowadays, not being a Scotsman and being particularly uh, cost-conscious, but I think we have all the basic ingredients. We definitely have the inclination, so why not expend the talent? Did you learn much in school today, as it were? Uh, very much, yes, yes. I, I uh, well, obviously, being the first class, it, uh, it'll take a week or two to, to really get our tongue around it. But we certainly, I certainly got the taste for it, shall we say. <laughs> I'll try to be here at about quarter to seven to get it ready for you. I'll grab you for a minute. I won't keep you very long. Yes, so grand. How long have you been teaching the winemaking now? Uh, between ten, about ten and twelve years I've been uh, making wines at the various VECs. Uh -huh. So you've travelled all around Dunshockland. Where else have you been? Dunshockland, Ashburn, Oldcastle, Navan, uh, Nobber, where they have made, they really finished off making five gallons in Navan. Well, in, in yes. So you must be very well known in this part of County Mead, are you? Yes, for making country wines. Yes, I am. What sort of country wines do you particularly like yourself? 
Uh, I'm very fond of elderberry and I'm very fond of apple wines. Uh, I really like them the best. What prompts you, though, to uh, go from school to school? Do you, do you really enjoy talking yes. to people about it? Yes, uh, I live away in isolation where I have nothing but the sound of birds, pheasants and whatnot. And I see no people. And it's, I dress up and it's my nature. So you, you, you find that a lot of people come a long way just to see Oh, you? yes, they, they're very interested in the wines and I can give them first-class information and everything. Over the years, what uh, wines have you found are the most popular with your students? The sherry. My sherry recipe is the most popular. My sherry recipe. And uh, the grape and apple is a, a very nice one. It comes in quickly for the Christmas for them all. Why do you think that is? Pardon? Why do you think uh, it's so popular, the sherry? Uh, it's a quickie wine. It's a quickie one. So do you think some of the students are maybe a little bit uh, impatient that they like to get... Yes. I think some of them, like, uh, the ten weeks course is not sufficient for to allow the wines to mature and whatnot, so that I always try to finish one off rather quickly for to let them see how it's finished off. And, of course, there's, uh, there's also the added enjoyment that the teacher oh, yes. gives out a little drop of yes, uh, the research. Right. Well, it's like buying a pig in a sack. One has to come along and uh, you have to see what you're going to make and taste it. That's the end of class for today. Yes, that's it. Yes, buzzer goes now. Well, I haven't made very much. I haven't made much wine from grape concentrate. I, I make it mostly from fruit and uh, like parsnips and carrots and turnips and and, and also um, roots. You know and. Um, Dandelion. Now, dandelion wine is um, excellent. A lot of these country wines have medicinal purposes, you know. Now, for instance, dandelion wine. Now, I worked with a man many years ago. He died a few years ago on pension, poor fella. But he was a chronic sufferer of gout. I can't remember his name. And he said to me one day in work, he said, Terry, he says, do you ever make dandelion wine? Well, says I, I, I've just made a gallon. Actually, it was the only gallon I ever made of dandelion wine. So he said, would you ever give us a bottle? So I said, I thought you were a, a pint drinker. You're, what would you be doing with a bottle of wine? Well, he said, I was reading, he says, in a medical book. No, I think he said a medical book. But he's reading in some book anyway, where anybody suffering with gout, that would take a glass of dandelion wine, last thing going to bed at night time, and first thing in the morning... It's, it's, it eases the pain of the gout because he says, you know, he says, see, I'm a terrible sufferer from gout. So see, pain. And this chap used to be out sick for a lot during the year. He used to learn a lot. So uh, I said, well, I said, if, the, if a bottle of dandelion wine does that to you, so you can have the whole gallon. So I gave him two bottles that year and he wasn't out sick for the whole year. Mm. So dandelion for gout? Dandelion for gout, yeah. yeah. Well, I according to this chap, anyway, and he he was a terrible sufferer. I remember him well. He used to be in terrible pain with well, gout. What about uh, other types of wine for other ailments? Blackberry? For what? For, for bad breeding. Anybody suffering with... Uh, you know, you often see a person and they'll walk, uh, you know, a distance of maybe 10, 15 yards and have to stop. And they'll be catch trying to get their breath. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, a chap, a man, uh, another man I worked with, and uh, he said to me one day, he says, uh, do you ever make blackberry wine? So I have a couple of gallons, I think I had five gallons of it. And he said, See, would you ever give us a bottle? And like our other friend, I said, well, Mick, you're, like, you're, a, you're a pint drinker, you know. Well, he says, it's, I hear he says it's great for the breeding. And I gave him, um, I gave him a bottle, and he only got the one bottle off me that year. I, I don't know, I suppose he didn't want to ask me for another bottle, maybe he thought, uh, might have thought him a bit, you know, <laughs> coming the hound a bit. So he told me that it's, uh, that it helped his breeding great. And his son, who was still uh, working in the brewery, uh, Paddy, and I remember him telling me that um, the, the blackberry wine did help his father. But um, the best red wine to make is an elderberry wine. That surpasses all wines. And an elderberry and a blackberry mixed makes a beautiful wine. Blackberry and apple makes a beautiful wine. And for crab apples, the best crab apple to use is a John Downey crab apple. And um, the, I made I made two gallons of of John Downey crab apple wine last year, and uh, it turned out really a beautiful white wine. Do you find yourself sometimes? sitting watching the bottles there and saying I'm not going to touch that I I, I can't drink it it's so nice yeah and waste drink it, it. <laughs> <laughs> you drink it <laughs> yeah oh, you do but the the winemaking is I think apart from it being uh, within the scope of every man's pocket whether he be poor or rich or on the labor or whatever uh, it's one of the most rewarding hobbies that you have because you can you can bring the whole family into going up picking blackberries and dandelion and elderberries and sloes and you name it uh, when you have your wine made and the wife has uh, some of the neighbours in on Saturday night looking at television and talking about that and you put a bottle of wine they say that's beautiful this is a rewarding part of it you know and there are no uh, there are no wine widows. You know, you have the golfing widows, but you have no wine widows. <laughs> Second Tuesday in every month, we meet in the Ashling Hotel, and it's a social occasion, and we have <coughs> lectures, and uh, we all bring a bottle of wine, or two bottles of wine, maybe, and... Uh, we chat around, and you get to know a lot by talking to other people by their mistakes and what they did and what they didn't do. It's it's very informative. Every, every shop in Ireland had them one time. Every grocer. Every grocer. Oh yeah, Christmas cake. They're gorgeous, luscious. Now that is my best. They're the best. They make the. And then the parsley wine is our standard white wine. Parsley. Yes, it's really lovely. It's a lovely. I had some there tonight. And it's really is good. There any, is there any That's mm-hmm. not our best uh, now. Not, We've had no, better than that. But it is good. It is a good. Uh, it is a good standard white dry. You know, that needs a little bit more. Uh, I'd say it needs some glycerin. It needs a few other little things done to it. You know, we only just put some into a bottle tonight, and that is the end of it. And then the elderberry is our standard red one. 
out of which I make my Christmas claret cup and all those things, you know. You make a punch out of it, do you? A claret cup, I prefer to call it. Punch, <laughs> sort of, you have alcohol in the punch, you know, like... Yes, you gave us a sample of it there, was it last year, the year yeah, before? Yes, I did it in, in Dundee as well. You know, we made a very, very strong one. The first year we, the first year we made the, the elderberry, John couldn't have it good enough, you see. So we put four pounds to the, to the gallon, you see, so you could nearly stand in it. It would not have been in casks, you see. I mean, we'd be dead and gone by the time that would have matured sufficiently. There was, it was packed with tannin, you see. So I thought, well, we must have used it anyway because it was good. So we made the old claret cup, which was fantastic. It's lovely for Christmas. And when you come in on a cold night and it's grand for helping you to sleep. You know, you put cloves and cinnamon and uh, a little uh, lemon, you know, and, and boiled water and brown sugar into it. It's really very My brother good. brother has recommended the lovely. banana. So, oh, banana. that's really lovely. Nice. Oh, it's gorgeous, yeah. Fantastic stuff. Tis the, the best tonight. When you didn't think it was that great. Oh, it's lovely, Sean. Did you try that one? Did you, uh, I'm, I'm still mm. halfway through the parsley here. Is it really something? Yeah, if you drink, if you you drink, drink enough of that. Parsley. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It, it's delicious. Isn't it lovely? Isn't it? Oh. And that's not our best by any means now. Yeah, that sure. really isn't. Uh, we have 14 gallons out of it. As long as it doesn't dry for bananas. Joe Bananas. I could resist that. <laughs> His book is out this week, Joe Bananas book. <laughs> I have a little taste. Yeah. But that, that is really good, Sean. That's lovely. Not to buy that. Oh, it's fantastic. It's lovely. It's lovely, yeah. You see, now, for you had the, the parsley was your white dry. Now, that's a sweet dry white. It's, sorry, a sweet white talking through my head now. Sweet dries. What uh, are you particularly proud of yourself? Is there, have you got your own speciality now that you... No, the parsley. Very few of them make parsley here. The ginger wine was the Oh, the ginger wine. We had gorgeous ginger wine. We used to bring a bottle in every week, every month, just for everybody to have it. Everybody loved it. We haven't made that for ages, though. We've forgotten it, John, haven't we? Well, we must make that, the ginger. But I think my sherry was my best. My muscatel sherry was fantastic. Well, it tasted absolutely superb. It was fantastic. <laughs> and I, well, most of it was given away in the end. I had a great party, and they all asked me would I, I didn't want to serve it. I never serve home wines at a party. But um, they all had heard so much about it, you know, various friends, that they all begged to have it. And then they were going away, they all wanted a bottle to take away with ah. them. It was good, you know, I made 10 gallons. That was a lot of sherry. Yeah, home me, what time is it? So there we are. So those are the things to make. It was simple enough, to, it was very easy to make. Dermot gave me the recipe. This was for sherry? Mm-hmm, the, the, the muscatel. But since then I've been making his Gibraltar sherry, which yeah, is that's very a dry type of sherry, well, which I do like. I love too. it. Yes. It's up to yourself. You yeah. Anyway it's, you it's, like. a lo it's a lovely dry sherry. Is that really. a good one? Do you find that uh, people like to swap recipes or are there people who hang on to oh, recipes? Oh no, they're not. They're very good here. They're all, they all give recipes. They're very generous. No, but I say mean, for competition now. Ah, uh, no, no, but it always turns out differently no matter who's making it. You really. made a wine and because I made a wine. A but the same recipe. They're quite different. No, I don't know why this There's a personal touch. You'll be tempted. I'm always tempted to put in something else, no matter what the recipe is. 
It's like a cook making a cake. You'll always put on in your own little individual things. That's what's so interesting about you making it. You always say to myself and Dermot make wine. You do, you make the same. Well, I don't think they're the same at all. No, I know that's only when you put the raisin, make the raisin wine. Do you remember yeah. the raisin and the quickie orange? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. great stuff. <laughs> See, the the you quick know, orange is a great quick. wine, you know. It's it's a plonk. Remember those nun yeah. unashamed, unabashed <laughs> plonk. That's what it is. And um, it's very cheap, though. And you can ladle it out. orange juice, you know. That's all. Orange juice, sugar, malt extract. That's all there is to it. Make up to five gallons. Very How cheap. long does it take? Oh, you make it in about a month or six weeks. That's right, yeah. That's, That's very it. good. If you want to have really a part. It's bound to be good for you with all Remember, I've had it from it. Beautiful. Great boy, and it comes mm. out. You make it, say, it, it works about a pound a gallon as all it could cost yeah. it to make. Well, now, we've costed our wines even to this day with the price of sugar, and no bottle exceeds 30 pence, no matter what ingredients. That's right. And now, that's, that's really good stuff. A good dry red or the good dry white. I mean, that and the, and the sherry, likewise. The sherry's even cheaper, isn't it? That's right. You make yeah. five gallons. I'd have to look at my book. We all keep books, and we all, uh, you know, write in every single thing and cost it. Makes it interesting. You get a, you really get a great sense of satisfaction out of it. Of course, that only cost us 15 pounds. That's what it used to. 15 pence a bottle or 20 pence. I mean, you boast about that because, I mean, I'd far prefer that at that price than somebody say, well, of course, this cost me 10 pounds a bottle. I wouldn't have any of the same value out of it at all. You know, you get a great kick out of making well, it. Uh, how, much, how much time do you actually spend making wine? Uh, you don't spend much time at it at all. Well, you do it in fits and starts, really. Really, you know, the time of the year and when you have the heat on, that's a good time to make it. And this is a perfect time for it because you have the fruit and the vegetables and you have everything ready, you know, at your hand. And uh, you can make lovely plum wine too. The damsons aren't that good. John said, I'm not never to make damsons wines anymore. It's the only one that's failed us. Oh, I they weren't them were nice. Great. I think they weren't. Uh, I found oh, we made a fantastic really slow wine. Do you remember the year we had a competition for slow wine here? Right, everybody turned up, all the bottles were produced, poured out the wine, everybody else's was red. No, not ours. Ours had to be pure white. <laughs> Do you remember that? Slow wine was pure white. That was four years ago. It was gorgeous. We got them, but they were so ripe. They were so absolutely ripe that whatever color, coloration was on the outside disappeared in the cooking and the rest. And it was the most gorgeous dry white wine you ever tasted. Not slows. Just pick them off the trees. Mm, and everyone else had it. You like damsons, though, don't you? I think they're very good. Mm. The nicest wine I ever made, I think, was made with cherries, though. Cherries? Mm. I remember that. A sweet one, it was wasn't delicious. it? Oh, sweet it was red. delicious. We got a drop of that, yes, mm. I remember. That's right, I made it a few years ago. You wouldn't make it ago. this year, though, I can no, tell you. No, it just had to be lucky that year to get the cherries mm. cheap. You went down Lower Street, they were selling cherries for next to nothing, and I just went to You have to, to make odd trips to the market, and you have to keep, a, you have to keep a, a good lookout for the prices, you know. Wednesday's a good day now to go to the market, or Saturday morning. Mm. They're trying to offload what they have, you know. Yeah. That's when I buy my parsley. Oh, yeah, that's what you do. You walk along and you see something, you see them from selling cheaply, and yeah. you just go our bananas. You see, you cheaply. have to be ready. You, you have to be ready to grab them, them yeah. and go home and mm. make them straight that's away. It. You have to have that sort of mentality. Oh.
You know, you have. When you see a bug, 